This is Hart Hagen, and I wanted to share with you some of my thoughts on COVID-19. So I'm going to be reading from a paper that I wrote. It's 10 pages, it's 3,000 words, and I wrote it on January 10th, 2021. So let's go. Let's do this. My topic is COVID-19 and our response to it. My purpose is to cast doubt on the prevailing narrative and to do so using science, logic, online research, and personal observation. I will start with my personal story and then get into the evidence. So my personal story over the last two years goes from following the rules to a crack in the narrative and then the truth comes out. So since the onset of COVID-19 pandemic, I have followed all the rules and believed everything I was told. I used masks, practiced social distancing, and got two Pfizer vaccinations in April of 2021. But then in the summer and fall of 2021, we started to learn that the vaccinations did not prevent you from contracting COVID-19 or from spreading it to others. So even if you get the vaccination, you can still get the infection and you can still spread it to others. I've heard that the official definition of a vaccination is, is that it lasts at least a year and it's at least 50% effective. These COVID vaccinations do not meet that basic definition of a vaccination. So you have to ask, by what standard are they successful? By what standard do they protect other people? Is this not my personal healthcare choice or do these vaccinations actually protect other people? Because if it's only my health at stake, it would seem to be my choice to take the vaccination or not. So it seemed to me that the vaccinations were not living up to any reasonable expectations, yet we are asked to get even more vaccines. They're now called boosters. A close friend of mine is a federal contractor who has chosen not to be vaccinated despite the pressure to do so. I never understood why, but I admired his courage and his commitment to his values. Why not just go with the flow? I thought he was being a little bit too uptight about his principles and a little too skittish about the safety of the vaccine. Then in early December 2021, he sent me a link to a YouTube interview of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talking about his new book, The Real Anthony Fauci. I was so impressed with Kennedy's apparent integrity and obvious grasp of the subject matter that I immediately downloaded the audiobook and the Kindle version and have been reading it ever since, following the evidence where it leads. So this book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., The Real Anthony Fauci, is very engaging, it's very well written. It has a, an abundance of evidence as to the relevant science. It has an abundance evident, of evidence as to the key players, the institutions, the going back in time a little bit. 
and it is well worth reading. If you think the vaccines are safe and effective, and if you think Anthony Fauci is a trustworthy individual, please read at least the first first, uh, chapter of The Real Anthony Fauci. The subtitle is Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the War on Democracy and Public Health. So Bobby Kennedy's book has led me to the work of prominent doctors and research scientists, doctors who are actually healing people and saving lives, and research scientists who are going against the prevailing narrative as articulated by Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, and the pharma-owned media. When I talk about the pharma-owned media, so the way the pharmaceutical companies own the media is that you know, Roger Ailes, the late founder of Fox News, told Bobby Kennedy that in a non-election year, 70% of the revenues of Fox News came from pharmaceutical ads, and you know that that's typical. I've heard Bobby Kennedy say that 75% of the revenues of CNN are from pharmaceutical ads. So follow the money. You know, if somebody has a financial incentive, it doesn't mean they're lying. It does mean they have the incentive to lie if that's what it takes to keep their jobs and to keep a business afloat. So what do they want us to believe about the COVID vaccines? What are we expected to believe about the COVID vaccines? With respect to the vaccines, the prevailing narrative is, number one, that the COVID vaccines are reasonably safe. Number two, that the vaccines are the best thing for an individual's immune system and future health prospects. When they're saying that the vaccine is safe and effective, they're saying that they're the best thing for your immune system and for your future health prospects. When they say the vaccine is safe, they're saying there's no downside, there's no reasonable amount of risk, And when they're saying it's effective, they're saying that it does something good for you in relation to the disease that it's supposed to be addressing. Number three, we're expected to believe that universal vaccination, vaccination is the best way, indeed the only way, to establish herd immunity. Herd immunity is defined as my own off-the-cuff definition is is it's where vulnerable populations are protected because high rates of immunity in the general population. In other words, you have herd immunity not when everybody has immunity, but when enough people have immunity that there's not going to be an outbreak. Number four, we're expected uh, to believe that vaccines carry a statistically low risk of injury, that the number of vaccine injuries are relatively low, that the few injuries from vaccines outweigh the much greater risk of serious illness from COVID-19. So goes the story. Now, I've just shared with you four things that we're expected to believe about the vaccines, the COVID vaccines. 
Now let's talk about what is closer to the truth. Now I'm not yet citing authoritative sources. There's a time to cite authoritative sources and there's a time to just say where you're coming from. At this juncture I'm just saying where I'm coming from having researched this issue at least a hundred hours in the last month. So what is the truth about COVID vaccines according to Hart Hagen? My investigation has led me to believe that each of these four claims above is substantially untrue. In fact, number one, the COVID vaccines are not reasonably safe. Number two, the vaccines are not the best thing for my immune system. I've concluded after 100 hours of research, relying on some of the world's top experts, relying on doctors who are actually healing people, actually treating people, healing people, and saving lives. So are we going to listen to doctors that are treating people, healing people, and saving lives? Or are we going to listen to the likes of Anthony Fauci, who does not treat people, does not save lives, and does not coordinate with the doctors that are having success treating COVID-19? To me, the choice is clear. Number three, the truth, the real truth about COVID vaccines. Number three, to establish herd immunity, we should allow low risk groups like the young and the healthy to contract COVID and acquire natural immunity, which is more durable, longer lasting, and more robust that is effective against a broader range of variants. Now, this is not medical advice. I am not a medical doctor. I am not a healthcare professional. I am a person interested in public policy, and I am interested in making wise healthcare decisions for myself. Your healthcare decisions are between you and your doctor. Number four, truth about COVID vaccines, the vaccines carry a statistically high risk of injury. So what we have in the cultural landscape and in the media landscape and what has gone very, very far to form people's opinions is we have a whole lot of over-reporting and we have a whole lot of under-reporting. See, I've been going out of my way to get information from sources that are not sponsored by Big Pharma. And I have concluded that COVID cases have been overreported, deaths from COVID have been overreported, vaccine injuries have been underreported. There are some, you know, if you there are some worthy human interest stories among the people who have been injured by the COVID-19 vaccines. There is a Senate testimony from November 2nd, 2021 of 10 people injured by the COVID vaccines, nine people injured and one father who lost his son because of the COVID vaccines. These people injured include mountain biker Kyle Warner, who was a three-time North American champion, lost his career because of myocarditis and pericarditis from the COVID vaccines. This is according to Kyle Warner's story. Also, there is a Maddie DeGaray. Her mother is Stephanie DeGaray, and she 
Stephanie speaks for Maddie, but Maddie has been in, she was perfectly healthy and is now in a wheelchair and has to eat from a feeding tube. And then there, uh, she is now 14 years old. She was 12 when she took the vaccine. She participated in a trial of the Pfizer vaccine and got injured from it. And her injuries are not properly recorded in the documentation that goes along with the, the medicine, the emergency use authorization. I would say FDA approval, but these drugs are, the vaccines are not yet FDA approved. They are under an emergency use authorization. There's a certain amount of reporting and disclosure that goes along with that. According to Stephanie Digaray, Maddie's injuries are not being reported. And then there's Doug Cameron, who was a 64-year-old farm manager, healthy by his own account. He was healthy, and then he got injured by the vaccine. His spine uh, ruptured, and he is paralyzed from the diaphragm down. And there are other similar stories tragic stories in that among those 10 people who are speaking to the November 2nd Senate hearing, there's also a a research-based nurse practitioner who was injured. There's a female doctor who was injured. There's a a male doctor who was injured. These are tragic stories. And so people hear these stories, people that are in a pro-vaccine mindset, they hear these stories and they say, well, there can't be that many of them because everything I hear is that the vaccine is safe and effective. So you get into this, people who know enough about science to be dangerous say, well, those are just anecdotes and anecdotes are not statistics. Well, that's another conversation. There are statistics that indicate that a whole lot of people have been injured by these vaccines. The, you, 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 when you get familiar with that part of the story, you get into the VAERS system, V-A-E-R-S, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. So you get into that, and I can show you a letter that says, by the CDC's own admission, the VAERS underreports vaccine injuries by 90, uh, 99%, because it's a voluntary system for one thing. Uh, Many people don't even know it exists. Uh, There are doctors who take their own time to fill out these reports, but that whenever a doctor is filling out a voluntary report, he or she is not doing, is not earning money, is not doing what it takes to keep the doors of the practice open. Plus, they can, according to Dr. Stephen McCullough, a doctor can be subject to fines and even imprisonment for, and can certainly lose their license if they falsely report anything on the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, according to Dr. Stephen McCullough, who's a name that you'll hear. He should be a household name, but he's not. He's a very, very successful treating physician. He is, has 650 articles published in the National Library of Medicine. He's a cardiologist who has treated many, many uh, COVID patients. And you can find him on the McCullough Report on Apple Podcasts. So, 
What are we expected to believe about vaccine mandates? With respect to vaccine mandates, the prevailing narrative is, so by mandates we're talking about not just the safety and efficacy of the vaccine for your own personal decision-making purposes, but as a matter of public policy, are we going to require other people to get vaccinated? So the basic argument against vaccine mandates is that if I have a vaccine, it's supposed to, I, I, if I say, yes, I want this vaccine, it's supposed to be to protect me. If I'm asked to uh, protect other people by getting vaccinated, well, this vaccine does not protect other people. But let, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. I mean, it, it does not it does not lower the rate of infection and it does not lower the rate of transmission by all accounts. It's really hard for anybody to prove that this vaccine reduces the rate of infection and reduces the rate of transmission. Therefore, a vaccine, if anything, is to protect me and not other people. And if I decide for my own personal healthcare decision-making purposes that this vaccine is not a good risk for me based on the accounts of the people who have been injured based on the estimates of Dr. Stephen McCullough, based on the testimony of Dr. Robert Malone, who invented the, a key portion of the mRNA vaccine technology, then I should be able to make that decision because it's my healthcare decision about my body and it doesn't affect other people. So, so. But here's what we are expected to believe about vaccine mandates. Number one, that our health as individuals and as a society depends on universal vaccination. Not just vaccination by choice, but universal vaccination for all but the small portion of people who, for whatever medical reason, might not be able to safely get a vaccine. Number two, we're expected to believe that science supports universal vaccination. I have science in quotes here because what is science? There's a lot of confusion today about what science really is, but that's another conversation. Number three, we're expected to believe that the benefits of vaccination are so overwhelmingly obvious that all reasonable, informed, and objective people should want to get vaccinated. That's what we're supposed to believe. Number four, we're supposed to believe that vaccine mandates are obviously necessary and beneficial. Not just the vaccines themselves, but the mandates are obviously necessary and beneficial. Number five, we're supposed to believe that only irrational people, selfish people, and political extremists are resistant to COVID vaccines. In other words, you have to be a real weirdo. You have to be, maybe you're selfish. Maybe you're a political nut. Maybe you're uh, hopelessly paranoid and you just don't care about other people. You care about your ideology and your paranoia and your conspiracy theories more than you care about other people. That's what we're expected to believe. Number six, we're expected to believe that all real scientists unconditionally support universal vaccination. Emphasis on the word real, because you can get, you know, Dr. Peter McCullough is a real scientist and a real doctor who has really healed people. 
Dr. Robert Malone is a true epidemiologist and vaccinologist and virologist. He has, is responsible for his, he holds patents on the technology on which the, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are based. He is clearly brilliant in his field, but people will hear Malone and McCullough and they will say, that's fringe scientists. I have a acquaintance who is a professor at Bellarmine and he was browbeating me saying, this is fringe science. Well, he doesn't have any scientific arguments for why Malone and McCullough are fringe scientists. By fringe, he means that they're not, that they, they haven't bought into the pro-pharma narrative. It's really sick. It's really disgusting how the testimony of top-notch scientists is being marginalized, it's being vilified, these people are being deplatformed from YouTube, from LinkedIn, from Twitter, they're being uh, uh, smeared in, the, you know, in social media and in the legacy media like the newspapers and the cable news. But when people criticize Robert Malone, Dr. Robert Malone or Dr. Peter McCullough, they don't have, they don't bring scientific evidence. The only thing the, the, the dominant narrative has is control of the media, including the social media, because if you, you can deplatform people for saying the wrong thing, then people are going to self-censor. People are going to hold back on what they say, and, and you get a lot of blowback. As individuals, you get blowback, you get hatred, you get vilification for daring to, for daring to say anything that might cause vaccine hesitancy. Somebody will hear me talking and say, Hart, when are you going to talk about the science? And okay, I'm getting to that. But the burden of proof needs to be shared. I'm not, a, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm just doing my own investigation. And there are people out there who act like the burden of proof is all on me. No, if you want to, to, uh, if you want to tell other people that they have to get this vaccine, which is arguably not safe and arguably not effective, the burden of proof is on you. So moving along, what is the truth about vaccine mandates? With respect to vaccine mandates, my investigation has led me to conclude the following. Number one, universal vaccination is bad for our health as a society because it's not the best way to achieve herd immunity and because the vaccines will cause more harm than good. Now, I'm basing my opinion on having read the book by Bobby Kennedy. Uh, that's one thing. I'm basing my opinion on having listened to Dr. Peter McCullough for hours and hours. I'm basing my opinion on looking at the opinion of Dr. Robert Malone. And there are others. There's Dr. Tess Laurie. L-A-W-R-I-E, who did a comprehensive investigation of the safety and efficacy of ivermectin. 
So ivermectin has been smeared in the media. They call it a horse dewormer or horse paste. Even the FDA said, come on, y'all, you are not a horse. Well, ivermectin is a, the, 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 the inventors of ivermectin won a Nobel Prize in 2015 for having invented ivermectin for humans. So, you ha so Tess Laurie does a comprehensive it's a meta review, it's called a Cochrane analysis, and she concludes that, uh, that ivermectin, when used, reduced death by 60% and reduced contagion by 92%. That's what Dr. Tess Laurie concluded. So I'm not citing you chapter and verse for every every single point here, but I've done my homework, and if you want to share the burden of proof, if you want to share the burden of explanation, if you want to share the burden of learning, then I'm pointing you to some sources that will do you good. Another source is Google FLCCC, which is the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. See what they have to say. These are doctors who are healing people. This is Dr. Pierre Corey, who has healed lots of people, saved lots of lives, and it's not just Pierre Corey. It's, uh, it's an alliance of doctors. So go see what they have to say at the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. So what else have I concluded is the truth about vaccine mandates? Number two, that science, quote unquote science, shows a multitude of health problems associated with the vaccines. This includes myocarditis and pericarditis, especially in men, in their young men, in their teens and 20s and on up to about the 30s. There's a high risk, apparently, of pericarditis and myocarditis, which are, are related conditions of the heart. There are, you know, neurological injuries, spinal cord injuries. Uh, there are people that all of a sudden have crippling, here's a healthy person, all of a sudden they have crippling arthritis. All of a sudden they have numbness and paralysis and their whole body feels, feels like it's being stuck with needles. These are serious injuries that people are getting. And you're not going to hear about this on CNN or MSNBC. You're not going to read about it in the New York Times or the Washington Post. You're not going to see very much of it on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, because these messages are being suppressed. So I've got about a minute left. Let me wrap it up. So here's the thing. I'm giving you a message which is most people have never heard, or if they have heard anything like this, they attribute it to fringe people, people on the margins, etc. You'll have to make up your own mind. This is not medical advice. You'll have, but we all have to make our decision, our healthcare decisions. And I submit to you that you're going to have to get some of your healthcare information outside commercial channels. I would like you to follow the leads that I've shared with you. Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Tess Lurie, L-A-W-R-I-E, 
Dr. Pierre Corey, the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, uh, Bobby Kennedy's book, uh, The Truth, uh, or The Real Anthony Fauci, and there's another good book called The Truth About COVID-19 by Dr. Joseph Merkola, M-E-R-C-O-L-A. So take it upon yourself. Don't believe everything you hear in the mainstream media and you have to do your own investigation. And when did we forget to get a second opinion? We need to get a second opinion. If Anthony Fauci gives you advice, get a second opinion and get an opinion from doctors that are actually healing people, curing people, and saving lives. That's all the time we have. Thank you so much for joining me.